You're listening to Productive Flourishing. Thanks for joining us today. This may be an unusual approach, but I think one of the pillars of effectiveness and productivity is actually self-compassion. And to start with however you're feeling or whatever you're doing, not starting from a place where this is wrong, something's wrong with me, I'm defective, um, but to look at this human that is you and say, wow, like this person is going through something. Welcome to Productive Flourishing, where we explore how to do the work that matters so you become your best self in the world. I'm your host, Charlie Gilkey, and I'm joined by Angela Wheeler and other guests who will share their stories, insights, wins, and challenges in the hopes that our journeys and stories will help you with yours. Now, on to the show. Hello. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Productive Flourishing. Um, On this episode, Angela is joining me as well. So hi, Angela. Hey there. We are going to talk about tipping points in your career and or business and that, that require you to change something. So that those types of tipping points could be um, changes in family, um, you know, family arrangement. It could be burnout. It could be a lot of different things. But we really want to talk about those periods of time in which you're going through something that you can't do business as usual and what to do and how to recognize that business um, not necessarily just your business, but business in the business of life as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the reason we're talking about this is we have worked with a lot of people through transitions and disruptions and changes and through burnout and, and things like that. And so it's a common thing that we see amongst um, our Renaissance souls and creative giants out there. Um, part of the challenge of living life full tilt is that you can get to the point to where you've gone over full or you've mm-hmm. been over full. Or what I've seen happen more is that we don't accept the cost of living life full tilt that way. And that um, it, it takes its toll on us. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that and what you might do to um, when, how you might notice you're at that point, mm-hmm. um, how to prevent getting to that point. Mm-hmm. If you're at that point, what to do, and just resources like that. So that's really what we're talking about today on Productive Flourishing. Anything you want to add to that, Angela? Um, nope. That's a great introduction. Um, I will say, um, since I'm typically the one that comes on here and gives away more than than you might, Um Part of the reason why we're talking about this today is that um, we've been feeling some of this ourselves personally here lately, and um, we also have quite a few people in our own lives right now who are dealing with this same scenario, and so that's why we want to talk about it today. Yeah, always, you know, Angela, always the harbinger of what's really going on within the business, Um, whether I like that or or not sometimes. But that's what makes, that's one of the reasons that that I think we like doing the podcast in this format is because um, I think there's more more truth that's revealed. Not truth. It's more of a full story that's revealed. And that's part of the point of the podcast. Yeah, it's the journey. It's the journey. Absolutely. One thing that I'll note is as we're recording this, it's early June and I think part of what's going on is um, summertime mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Now, we've talked a lot on the podcast about 
how sensitive I think we actually are to natural seasons and the changing of the seasons. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times we don't recognize that, we don't honor that. So as people start going into the summer, um, I think a lot of people who may be more naturally energetic in the spring and early part of the year may start slowing down, sort of the dog days of summer. Mm -hmm. And um, as you slow down, or as you want to slow down, that creates different tensions. Yeah. Um, and as your body slows down and you change with the seasons, that creates different tensions. And also, I think just um, for us personally, we're really in tune with that particular change. So it makes it such that um, I naturally, every year about this time, mm-hmm. I start thinking, okay, I need to slow down. I need to change my rhythms. I need to honor this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. We are in um, productive flourishing right now. We still have a lot going on. Yeah. Um, a lot of projects that, due to a variety of reasons, are six weeks displaced. And so, um, for me personally, I'm going into a season in which I naturally want to slow down. Mm-hmm. Um. And our business reality makes it very challenging to slow down. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, that's part of what's coming up for me. But the other thing that I'll say, and, and, you know, Angela and I have been talking about this a lot, is I was doing some reflections over over how I feel and and things like that. And I was, you know, wondering, am I burnt out, right? Um, And the way that's going to show up is is different for me than it's going to show up for other people. I finally came to the conclusion that I'm, I wasn't burnt out. I was just well done. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference there. Um, and so I was able to start like getting off the burnout, getting off the, the burnout highway and sort of taking an off-ramp. And so um, one of the reasons we're doing this is I realized that in some ways um, – I'm not a good canary for what's going on with our people. Canary in the minds that were that has it were that what's going on with our community, but sometimes I am right. Sometimes if I'm feeling something, and because I'm so connected to people in our community, they're likely feeling that too. And so, whether you would put yourself in the burnout camp, or whether you put yourself in the well done camp, or whether you would put yourself in the seeing it coming, mm-hmm. right? Those are all things to be. Uh, paying attention to, and it just so turns out that um, I think the changes in the season um, creates a good reflection point, and and some of that's what's going on for me. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely, um, like you said, we have talked about it before with the changes in season and how much that impacts our energy, and um, you know, that's definitely a part of what's going on for sure, and um, I'm going to go a step further and just say that there's a change in the season. And then there's also the stepping back and reflecting that this has been coming, right? This is this well-doneness, you know, for yourself and for me as well. We're, you know, our our well-doneness looks a little bit different on each of us, of course, Um, But we've been at a very high op tempo for quite a while in the business. Um, No need for us to go into, you know, all the details around that. But it does, it takes a toll. It really does. And I guess one of the things I want to kind of talk about a little bit today is, you know, there's this 
what can you do as, you know, if you're your own boss and you're seeing this coming, what can you do if you work for somebody else and you see this coming? What can you do if you're in some other work scenario and you see this coming? And they might look very different for different people given what their work or career circumstances are at the time. But I do think that, you know, one of the things that we could look at all these different situations and and say about them is that whether or not you're in a situation in your career or your job where you can choose to opt out of things or you can decide to slow things down, a lot of people don't have that ability, that luxury. Um, and even though we're in business for ourselves, we don't really have that luxury right now either, just because of where we're at in and projects and people and, and all those things. All of that said, though, I think it's one of those situations where all of us need to be internally more aware. Um, and so, some people already are. I mean, they've got this, they've got this down pat and like super duper kudos to them. Um, but then there are a large majority of us who have it figured out some of the time, but we also slip into patterns or behaviors that may not be nourishing us. Um, and so it's really important for all of us, no matter what our work situation is, to be able to tune in very deeply internally to where your energy is at what is coming up for you in your personal life and the relationships you have? What is coming up for you when you go into work? What is coming up for you when you deal with customers or clients or teammates? Um, because those are all, at least for me, and I guess the reason why I'm sharing this is those are all very good key indicators about where I'm at energetically on the scale of like, oh, hell yeah, I'm like, got it, doing it, not feeling burnt out at all to this, you know, crispy well-doneness and then eventually an epic burnout. Yeah, what I would say about that, there's several things that came up as you were talking. Um, so many of our listeners and communities and the creative giants that we talk to, like part of what it means to be them is that they're – ambitious or driven or growth-oriented, all sort of words that mean the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. And we stretch. We continually stretch. We continually grow. We continue to learn. We continually, like, push the boundaries of what we can do. And um, maybe in a conversation for another day, I'll talk about some of the tensions between ambition and drive and, and things like that, right? Yeah. Um, but part of who it what it means to be us is to be driven, mm -hmm. which also means that part of what it means for it to be us is that we're always driving. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, we're always driving pretty hard, even when our normal drive does not look like other people's drive. Like our sort of cruise drive is other people's full-on-out sprint, right? Mm -hmm. So when we really push it, um, you know, we can get a lot of things done. And 
part of what part of the whole identity around being driven or high achieving or ambitious is that you get fueled by getting stuff done. Yeah. Right. Um, you really do. It's, 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 um, you wake up in the morning, you've got this ambitious to-do list, you get that stuff done. You give yourself a high five at the end of the day. Um, or you're frustrated at the end of the day about what you didn't do. Um, what I want to say here is, um, we take that, we take that for granted when we are driven and ambitious and creative giants and everyone is like that. I'm not so sure that's the case, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a particular thing about us that we're driven. Thus, we're always driving. And um, so part of the life lesson that we have to learn is to moderate the driving um, or to lean into the driving in certain ways. The second thing that pops up is that I think it's easy for us to localize what we're going through and say that this is the push. This is the project. We're just busy right now because of this thing. But then when this thing is over, there's some other thing. And then there's some other thing. And then there's some other thing. So when you look at sort of the global systemic pattern, there's always some push. There's always something that um, is requiring you to tap into your reserves and, and power through. And in my experience, both internally and working with clients, it's that that, that gets us in trouble because there's always a, if you're in business, there's always a launch, there's always a hire, there's always a last push, there's always a project that needs to be done. There's always, always, always. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of times in organizational environments, there's also always some new thing as well. There's also always some new initiative. There's some new thing that your senior management, you know, the next model or framework that they've read that now they're going to implement on someone. There's some new task force or there's some new initiative or there's some new thing out there that requires, you know, you to dive into it. We call it Dunkirk spirit, right? And mm -hmm. it's from the Battle of Dunkirk, which actually is going to be a movie now. So I think more people might know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um but it's just that period of time in which the only thing, the only way you can get stuff done is by the sort of human, or excuse me, the heroic efforts of people on the team, right, mm -hmm. to get it done. And that's fine in those moments where you need heroic courage and you need that sort of thing, but it can't be the way that you live life. And as a side, this is one of my main critiques of the tech startup world is that the whole premise is built upon Dunkirk. Um, and people burn out and wash out and get frustrated. So that's one thing that I want you to be looking at is, is zoom up, you know, not, don't look at just your task list today. Don't look at what you're doing this month, but zoom up and, and just ask yourself honestly, the question of, are you stuck in a pattern of one push or the other and one push or the other. And it's back to back. Like if it were push, fallow, push, fallow, push, fallow, or, you know, I, I like to think in terms of like sports as well. Like, yeah, you can go out there for one quarter and give it your all and then rest for the second quarter or, you know, football, you, you can be an offense and give it all the, all, all your energy and then sit the bench for a little bit while the defense does its part. But, you know, our creative work is more like basketball than it is football, right? In the sense that if you're, um, you know, if you're Kobe, like you got to be out on the field, 
right? If you're Michael Jordan, like they pull you off the they pull you off the court, and the team suffers. And so I think our work is more like that. In which case, it's easier for us to get trapped into this aggressive offense, aggressive defense, aggressive offense, aggressive, aggressive, ambitious, ambitious, drive, 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 and not enough sitting on the bench time and recovering time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious in some ways. Um, I don't know. I, I find that this is helpful for myself whenever I can listen to other people's stories um, and kind of hear about what it is that this looks like on them. So if this is if this is starting to happen, what what are they noticing? And so I'm just curious if you are able to share some about what what this crispy well doneness <laughs> might look like for you. Um, and then maybe we can talk, you know, we can we can go back and forth in that. But like what do you notice that starts happening? And then maybe we can talk after that about what do you do about it? Yeah. So I let me put it this way. Procrastination is a pretty foreign thing for me in the sense where, like, I just put things off. I don't want to do it, and I put it off, so on and so forth. So one thing that happens for me is that it's not quite procrastination, but when it's time to do certain tasks, and this is especially for me right now, more my deep work stuff, more my deep work writing and things like that. Like, I have the time set aside for it. I want to do it. I know it's important, so on and so forth. But when I get there, I just can't do it. Right. And it's really odd because it's like we've talked about with ice cream, right? Normally, like we don't need a productivity system around ice cream. Like <laughs> you like ice cream, you eat ice cream. If ice cream is in front of you. And so a lot of the work that I want to do, and that's one of the things that really popped up for me because I was thinking with some of the recording that we need to do with some of the projects that we're working on with a lot of the writing that I want to do, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we'll schedule the time. We'll put it in there. And then this is stuff I actually want to do. But that morning, I look at it, I want to do it, um, but it's, I, I don't want to say I can't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it requires a Herculean amount of effort to, to do it and engage with it, largely because I'm tired, yeah. right? Um, or you've re- I've reached my sort of responsibility load, or I've reached my, like, so on and so forth. Now, I've also realized, um, and I'll probably end up writing about this as well, um, I've also realized that, um, especially since um, I stepped in to help Live Your Legend transition way back in 2015, like that set a period of actions in motion to where I was spending like 12 to 14 hours a day became the norm for, you know, a few quarters. And then the retransition back into to PF and then the election and all those types of things like that happened. And so... Um, longer days became the norm. Mm-hmm. And the trouble with having high stamina is that um, you can use it when you don't need to, right? It's great when you need it um, and you can you can power through long days. Like, for instance, when I'm facilitating and, and speaking and, and doing things like that, like it actually fuels me to wake up, you know, at six o'clock in the morning and be on my feet facilitating from eight until 
eight or 10 that night, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it still takes high stamina. I recognize that a lot of people can't do that. Um, actually, I recognized that after more people told me they couldn't do it. And I was and like, how are you doing this? I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's, it fuels me. It's fun. So on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And working at that pace for so long takes its toll. Um, and so that was... That was for me the big thing because, again, I, you know, procrastination is for a website and for a community that's focused around getting things done. We actually don't have a lot on procrastination mm-hmm. because it's not something I, I like. I feel a lot internally. I don't, I, at least the other way people report the procrastination, right? Um, and so whenever I see that happening, I have to ask more, more global questions of if this is something that I want to do. For instance, I uh, had some thoughts this morning, so I sat down, and I was like, you know, I need to get these thoughts off my mind, so on and so forth, and um, I sat down and wrote 1,300 words, like in a matter of, I don't know, an hour or so, right? Um, Those will probably get coaxed into a post. Maybe not. doesn't matter, right? Um, That is historically what writing feels like for me. That's historically about, like, what deep work feels like for me. But especially a few weeks ago, when I started noticing that I was getting closer to well done, that wasn't happening, right? I couldn't just be like, I've got this thing, I'm going to get it off my mind, or I'm going to make it real quick. Um, It was like, I've got this thing, it's on my mind, I want to do it, nothing, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And again, that's, that's unusual for me. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least it feels unusual. We might look at my patterns over the last four or five years and see that that's actually the norm, but I don't think it is, actually. I think it's um, just other things at play. Yeah. So that's, that's for me, um, of what it feels like. But it's not – the reason I didn't put myself in the burnt out category mm-hmm. is because I didn't feel that – what well, I didn't feel what other people reported as, like, I got to burn this shit down and start over again. And this is not working. And, you know, my life is terrible. And like, I didn't have that intense range of emotions. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I know though, as I get closer and closer to from well done to crispy, that um, I do make more um, disruptive and catalytic changes. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think, we all have the response of like, you know, putting the brakes on, putting the brakes on. And so I just happen to see it coming so I can put the brakes on slowly yeah, and sort of ease to the, to the side of the road, mm-hmm. you know, rather than just like, like, you know, put the brakes on and come to a, a screeching halt on burnout highway, which yeah. means you're going to get hit by other people, right? <laughs> just like any other car accident, like you're going to get hit on that road if you don't know how to sort of like pull off to the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great way to kind of envision that. What about for you? What's it feel like for you? Um, I notice for myself that there are a few things that start to happen. One that is the most um, most at the forefront for me actually is. My mood is not good. <laughs> when For I reals. Yeah, he knows. When I get to a point where I feel like I've just been pushing too hard for too long, um, 
I have a hard time getting into and staying in an even or good mood. Um, and so I notice, you know, for myself, I notice that I will start to get triggered a little more easily by things that normally I would just be like, huh, okay, well, that's frustrating or aggravating. All right. And I just, you know, move on, right? Or I have a conversation with a person about it and we move on or, you know, whatever it looks like. It's normally something that we can or that I can address pretty quickly and move on. So I notice for myself that I get I get mad more easily. Um, I focus on things that aren't very helpful. Um, I also just feel like it's not something I do, but I've, I think I've described this to you before, and I've also described this to um, my counselor that um, I've been seeing for quite a while, that when I get to that point, I want to throw a fit like a three-year-old would, right? Like, there's this piece of me that just wants to sit on the ground and kick and cry and say, no, like, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. I'm done. Um, and just throw a temper tantrum. Um, and so when I start to notice that that internal feeling where it's just like, ah, I want to behave like a three-year-old, like, I'm like, okay, that's a very, very good signal for me um, that I am not checked in well enough, um, that I've let things go for too long, that I've let things slide. Um. And then, I, you know, just just being tired, you know, which is, you know, obviously not surprising. I imagine most people would say that when they're talking about um, feeling overworked or getting towards overwhelm or burnout. But just, just, yeah, just tired. So, so tired. Um, yeah. So I would say that those are, you know, probably the the two big things for me. Um, so, yeah. What I'll also add in here, and Angela might not like this, is that um, we're both emotional eaters. I think in some senses we're all emotional eaters. but Oh, totally. Um, we're emotional eaters in the sense. And so if we notice like bad habits around eating happening, um, that that's also a, a signal for us, right? And so this is an aside here. Um, one thing that I think we both learned is that we actually pay attention to our behaviors as an indicator of our, our emotional state, mm-hmm. more so than just trying to peg that emotional state. Part of that is because we're both driven and really focused on what we're doing and so on and so forth. And so a lot of times if you I'll, – I'll speak for myself, Angela. You can speak to, for yourself there. But a lot of times – I won't be aware of my inner emotional state because I'm so focused on what I'm doing and just getting the, getting the job done um, that I have to start paying attention to my behavior more so um, than how I feel. So if you ask me how I feel, like it, it, it doesn't register in that way, but it's, oh, I'm doing these things that historically I've done um, and I only do those things. <laughs> In, in response to these er- certain scenarios. And um, I think all of us have different 
um, ways in which um, the the toll of stressors um, show up in ourselves, right? So I'm particularly like I can go through a lot of um, stress and, and duress and crisis and, and things like that, and it won't show up while I'm going through it. It always kicks up like three to nine months later mm-hmm. is where sort of the, the ripple effects happen. And I, I know that because I've gone through enough of those with, with life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm like, what's, what's going on with me? Because where I am today, I should not, and I don't like you, we all know I don't like the word should, but it's like it doesn't make sense that I'm feeling these emotions today when none of the thing like this is not I'm not stressed I'm not challenged I'm not anything like that but then I start doing the math I'm like okay so it's not what if it's not from what's happening today what if it's something that happened in the past and just being older now I could recognize that when I'm feeling when I'm behaving in certain ways that are out of sync with what my daily experience seems to look like that I know I need to look backwards and say, okay, it's not today. What has happened recently or in the, you know, um, in the last three to six months that may be catching up with me to make me feel this way. So that's another sort of thing, you know, when, when you want to stop, when you want to look at your tipping points, sometimes you can't ask how you feel. Sometimes you need to ask, what am I doing that's uncharacteristic of me or that feels different Mm-hmm. and what might be causing that difference. And I'm going to slide in here real quick because we have been discussing, largely speaking, the sort of continual addition of additional work and responsibilities or the long-term sort of cyclical pushes and, and, and um, sprints that, that one might go through. What I also want to acknowledge is that sometimes it has nothing to do with your work and it has nothing to do with you but it's a change in your world um, that can cause that. So I know many people, um, for different reasons across the spectrum in the U.S., have been um, emotionally affected by the results of the 2016 election and what the current administration is doing, right? And there have been friends lost and family members shunned and, like, you know, lots of fear and anxiety and, you know, too much paying attention to the news, all those types of things. Like, it's not that your work changed. It's not that you changed. It's something external in your world changed. Or it could be, um, for instance, in March, actually it was February. I think it was February or March. Like, my dad got um, diagnosed with dementia. And that created a scenario in which I needed to go back to Arkansas and help out with that. And so there's been a lot of family conversations about what do we do with dad, right? And that's a change, right? That's a, that's a big emotional change that I think... So many, well, and you have death, you have um, the aging of pets, you have all sorts of things that might come in mm-hmm. and increase either the emotional pressure, mm-hmm. the emotional load, the cognitive load, the cognitive pressure. Like some of these um, external events can create that for you as well. But, or and, um, Sometimes it's hard to acknowledge how that's affecting you. And what I've seen more often is something like this happen and get some major thing get added to the plate without people consciously understanding that to process that, 
they're going to have to let go of other things on the plate. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to make some other changes. And so if you're already, if, if you're in that good sort of 85% capacity where you're growing and stretching, but you have margin and things like that, life is good, right? Something like this gets added on it. It pushes you to that edge. Okay. If you're already driven and ambitious and pushing closer to 95, 100, or 110%, and something like this gets added, then you're well over that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the natural response is to work harder, to do more, to rise to the challenge, so on and so forth. Right. And so expending more energy to respond to the challenge. Um, and that natural response has a toll. And so it's not just work, right? It's life. It's um, things like that. So if your marriage is going through a rocky time, if your kids are struggling at school, if you know you have any of those external events, that shows up as emotional load. And I think in a lot of ways, that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about um, what happens when the emotional load that you're carrying gets too gets to be too much um, in a short period of time or whether you're just worn out for carrying the same amount of load for a long period of time. Yeah. One of the things that came up for me as you were saying that, you know, that last piece of it just now is one of the things I always remind, you know, our clients or people that I work with is that Business and life are always connected. Um, You know, I think most people realize that now, and there are more and more people, I hope, that are honoring that, um, that reality. But for so long, you know, we were taught, like, you know, you keep your personal life at home, whatever you're doing at work or in business, like, that's it, right? Like, you turn all that off, and then you do this. And... That's just not how we function as people, right? And so it's so important for us to recognize these things that are either from work being brought over into our personal life or from our personal life being brought over to our work and just acknowledging them, right? Not trying to pretend like it's not happening, not trying to to be stoic or, you know, whatever it might be, um, to be, you know, the best version of mom or dad or employee or boss or whatever that is. Um, so that's just incredibly important. Um, and I guess what I, you know, what I wanted to ask you next, Charlie, um, is knowing what this looks like for you, knowing that these behaviors may be starting to change for you. Something isn't sitting right. It's like, hmm, that's not that's not the typical me. What do you do then? What happens at that point? Yeah, I'm glad you switched over to this sort of what to do, right? Um, because that's what I was thinking is like, okay. Um, I think the first place to start, um, well, this may be an unusual approach, But I think one of the pillars of effectiveness and productivity is actually self-compassion. And to start with however you're feeling or whatever you're doing, not starting from a place where this is wrong, something's wrong with me, I'm defective. Um, But to look at this human that is you and say, wow, like this person is going through something. Um, And it's real and, and we need to take it seriously. 
and this person, i.e. you, should not, the, the first response should not just be to just soldier on. Because, um, again, if you were talking to someone else that you loved and they were going through this thing, um, it is unlikely that you would completely not acknowledge how they feel and just tell them, well, whatever, like, fix it. Like, it doesn't matter. Fix it. Like, or sold your own or just whatever, right? We wouldn't say that to somebody else. But we say it to ourselves a lot. So I would say the first place is to not do more and not jump right into fixing, but to acknowledge that something's going on and, and take it seriously. Um, if your body's telling you something, listen. If your behavior is telling you something, listen. Um, and so to um, sort of comment from or to riff or to pull in something from sort of the native tradition, like learn to listen and listen to learn, right? And learn to listen to these tales that are going on. And um, I also would say, um, so that's first self-compassion, right? The second thing is whenever you know that there's a major sort of thing happening in your world that's external to you, stop and say, how does this thing affect me and what I had planned to do and my expectations of myself? What needs to shift because of this? Um, and I would really hope that what needs to shift is not you working more, not you just doing more, right? That, that might be what needs to happen, but also ask, um, what, what might I need to defer? What might I need to let go of? What might I need to ask help on and for that I may not have intended to do that? So that um, with this new thing on this plate, on your plate coming in, you don't just try to make the plate bigger because we can't always make the plate bigger. Um, the plate is the plate. So you can borrow some of other people's plates. Or you can get something off your plate. Um, but there is really a cost for trying to make your plate bigger when it's as big as it's going to be. Um, so that's that. The other thing that I would say is to um, try not to make a really drastic change. Like don't slam on the brakes on Burnout Highway or don't like <laughs> stop everything. Because in my experience with myself and working with everyone and working with other people, that makes things considerably worse. At best, you punt mm -hmm. whatever you're going through down the road, but it comes back in dividends. At worst, you add a bunch of different work and you corrupt relationships and so on and so forth, right? So um, I would say, like, don't slam the brakes, you know, um, slow down and sort of ease off the highway, but also go through the process of what I mentioned before of like, who can help you on this? Is there someone else can drive? You know, I was thinking about this because I've been reading um, Falling Upwards by Richard Rohr. Mm -hmm. And in many pre-industrial traditions, we had rituals whereby people basically learned the limits of themselves um, and got to a place of really um, desperate dependence upon something else, on somebody else, uh, on spirituality, on God or on other people or something like that. 
And I think one of the things we've lost is the recognition that um, we have limits and we're not these boundless creatures and that we need each other and we need something else. And times like these are the times in which you recognize the um, paradoxical infinity of yourself and the smallness of yourself. Um, I would hope that in a scenario like this, I would encourage you in the scenario is to embrace the smallness and ask for support from other people. Um, if you have a spiritual and or meditative or religious practice, lean into that. Lean into something bigger than you to get into this to get through the scenario, um, rather than just trying to um, make yourself bigger and make yourself more powerful, um, because that that's a road that will catch up with you. Like where that road goes is is um, folly, and the, the Greeks often talk, talked about it, hubris in this way, right? And largely, it was the enlargement of self that led to folly. And I think, um, I think the upside of these types of changes is that if you learn to listen and you listen to learn, you, you are reminded about this interconnection and the necessity of other people in the scenario. And so, um, which is a long way of saying, if the load becomes too heavy to bear for you, don't try to get stronger at bearing the load. Find other people and other sources to help s distribute that load. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, yeah. Starting with self-compassion is absolutely, absolutely the first place to start with that. Made me think as you were saying that, I, I've had this little peak on like three different occasions while we've been talking through this, that there's a conversation for us f to be had here at a later date about um, about building a team around yourself um, and what that looks like and pulling in those right people um, to support you um, in your business, you know, or on your team in whatever workplace you have. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, a conversation for a later date, but yeah, yeah. Wrapping this up, what I would want you to think about is where you are as far as the total load that you're carrying in your life and seeing just being honest with where you are on that perspective. Are you in that nice sort of, you know, I'm in a good spot. Am I getting, you know, closer to well done? Am I super crispy? Like, <laughs> am I like frozen because I'm not really growing, right? Because you can be on the opposite end of the spectrum, which is a yet again a conversation for another day is what happens if you're mm -hmm. under-challenged and under underloaded and you you know that you're not in that growth zone that's somewhere between what you can do and what you can't do if you were to do a a, a, a Venn diagram, like in and that where those two sort of cross over mm -hmm. what you might be able to do is where we grow the most. And so if you're on the complete other end of the spectrum, most of this will not resonate with you. <laughs> However, if you're listening to this podcast, I imagine you're somewhere in that growth zone or maybe outside of um, this sort of capability zone. So just really 
check in with where you are and be compassionate about that. And um, the second thing that I would say is no matter where you are on that, be thinking about what personal resources you have, what personal practices, habits, routines, rituals you have that you can go to if you happen to lean a little bit too far into the overload um, before that happens. And also think about the routines and habits and processes that keep you from going into there. What boundaries do you have? What um, what um, daily habits, what rituals, so on and so forth, keep your well continuously um, refilling? And which ones are sort of your... Um, you know, your emergency parachute, like, I got to do this. Um, and important about that is, as Angela mentioned there at the end, who are the people who will actually support you no matter where you are on that stage? We're not talking about the, the people that if you say, like, I'm super tired, that um, they either say, well, tough shit, everybody's tired, right? Or... Um, they immediately say, yeah, I'm tired too, and it becomes a sort of the celebration of being tired and busy. But who are the people that can say, oh, that really, oh, I, I understand that. And that, that really doesn't feel good, or to ask you how you feel about it, and then can help you change those patterns, right? Um, or at least be accountable to them, or, or be cognizant of them, right? So be thinking about that before you need it, right? Um um, build the well before you're thirsty is the other way of saying that. So um, that's that's what I would want to leave you with on on this from this particular episode. Um, Angela, anything else you'd like to add to that? Um, I will jokingly say I'm like, ooh, another conversation for another day. Community building. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, you know, I guess I just want to end with saying that um, I'm glad that we were able to have this conversation today. Um, and I know that there are so many people out there that are dealing with a very similar feeling or situation, um, no matter what it was that's kind of brought them to that point. And my hope is that um, that people will take just a little bit of time at this point to sit back and reflect on if if there's something in here that that kind of that really grabbed your attention. Um, pay attention to that and um, see how that fits and if it does fit in your life. And um, if you notice yourself getting closer to, you know, well-doneness or burnout, that you'll take a few steps back um, very soon and start with that self-compassion and then hopefully um, think about what, what small incremental changes you can start to make. Thanks so much for joining me today, Angela. It's good to be here. For you listening at home, or in your car, or wherever you're happening to listen to this, take care of yourself, and until next time, stand tall. Thanks for listening to Productive Flourishing. 
To get more resources that will help you finish the work that matters and be your best self in the world, head on over to ProductiveFlourishing.com. If this episode warmed your heart or got your wheels turning, we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review for the podcast on iTunes.